We almost get to say Merry Christmas. Let's get into our scripture right away today. Is it, are you kind of excited about that? All right, let's try that again. Let's get into the scripture right away today. There we go. All right, let's read from the Word of God. This is from John 1, 1 through 15. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things came into being through Him. And without Him, nothing, not one thing, came into being. And what has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all the world. And the light shone, shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not overcome it. Now there was a man... He was sent from God, and his name was John. And he came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. Now, he himself was not the light. He came as a witness to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and yet, after, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not even know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, and to all who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, born not of, not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh, and He lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Now, John testified to him, and he cried out, saying, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, the fullness of Jesus Christ, we have received grace upon grace. Now the law indeed came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Now, this time of year, we focus in on that manger, and we can tend to convince ourselves that when Jesus was born, that was the beginning of Jesus. That's when it all started. But that's not what Scripture anywhere tells us or teaches us. Actually, Scripture teaches us that, that the manger was, was, yes, the beginning of Jesus' name. Jesus is being born into the world. The Word become flesh. But if you want to go back to where Jesus' story really starts, you'd have to go all the way back to the very beginning. 
See, it's not in the manger. It's not, not where the angel appears to Mary and says, you will be with child by way of the Holy Spirit. No, none of that. It's actually all about going all the way back to the beginning. And when you go back to the beginning, that's where you discover that, that there's not something called Jesus. It's, it's a different name. The name, that, the name that he goes by is the Word. Have you, ever referred to, have you ever referred to Jesus as the Word or the Word become flesh or the logos? That's the Greek. Logos, the speech of God. Now, have you ever watched those shows about the origins of the universe? And one that I love is with Neil deGrasse. You already know this. Neil deGrasse Tyson, he did that show called The Cosmos. And they do these shows and they, they talk about all the scientific theories of where we are in the world and how things came about and, and about molecules and atoms and, and, and then about galaxies and universes. And they get always to the end of these shows. And, and I love Neil deGrasse Tyson. He has this great visual. He's standing at the edge of what he calls, I love this, the known universe. He stands at the edge of the known universe, and he admits that we have no idea scientifically what existed before or beyond the known universe. There's lots of hypotheses, a lot of scientific theories about, but no matter where you date the beginning of the universe, this scripture speaks to that beginning and says that the beginning started with the word. Listen to the words of scripture that we read earlier today. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's amazing if you start to wrap your mind around it. I'd just like you, for example, just for a second, close your eyes, if you will, and place yourself at the beginning. Before there was light, before anything was created, we're being invited into that space. And then, if you will, receive in your heart this information. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now open your eyes, and if you look at the next piece of Scripture, you'll find that John doesn't just tell us about what was in the beginning. He tells us how everything came into being. He tells us these words. He says, all things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. Without the word, not one thing came into being. And this harkens back to the Scriptures of Genesis If you've you've ever been one of those people that decided to pick up the Bible and read the entire Bible— I hope you got as far as five sentences into the Bible because you would have read this. And I know a lot of us have done that. And then you get into all the Chronicles and you're like, oh, this, this is a drag. So, um, right? There's this part, there's this big part that really they could have edited down to help people out there. But um, it's true. Just be speaking the truth, right? Because we're all about grace and truth. <laughs> but we'll be graceful to them, knowing that they probably didn't have the word perfect programs or words perfect. Okay. Word, we don't have word perfect anymore. So, so Genesis starts, it says like this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was a formless void and darkness covered. I love this visual, the face of the deep. 
while a holy wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And he called the light day and he called the darkness night. And it was evening and it was morning the first day. And in the beginning, in this creation story, we find that nothing is created according to Genesis without God speaking. Let there be light. Let there be waters. Let there be land. Let there be animals. Let there be birds. Let there be people. See, this is not a new theology that John is tapping into. This is something that that we've known in our heart of hearts ever since the very beginning that we have been created by a creator. Now, I want to just go back to this idea of words and let's let's rewind a little a little bit to 2015 or step forward I should say in in history. And I'm sitting at the park the other day with Richard and my kids and uh we we were trying to have a meeting with my kids and Richard and that didn't really work out that well, but we had a good time. <laughs> But as I'm sitting there, I had this idea. I thought, why don't we go get some ice cream? Now, you didn't know I had that idea because I didn't say it, which is why we didn't get ice cream, right? But if I had said to my kids, why don't we get some ice cream? There's a 150% chance that we would have gotten some ice cream. I guarantee you. (laughs) Promise that ice cream would have been in the cards very soon, shortly after that. See, even in our reality today, we know that when we speak things, somehow we bring reality to the thoughts. These these thoughts that we have, these things that happen in our hearts, that's why the tongue is so important. We just spent a whole series at the beginning of this fall talking about the taming of the tongue in the book of James. That somehow, somehow words have power, even even in our frame of reference. God has somehow created the universe in a way so that we can understand things about God by the way we move. I mean, Scripture does teach us that we were created in the image of God. And so, so that means that when God created the universe on God's scale, when God spoke, all of the DNA, all of the atoms, all of the molecules, all of the chemicals, everything, all of the, all of the laws of the universe on which we try to interpret it through science, those were all created by God speaking. And the scripture that we read today says that, that it says, all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. But it says, and what came into being in him was life. All life. And the life was the light of all the people. Now, then it goes on to say that this light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And this year I've been thinking a lot about darkness, more so than other times in my life. And I feel like I can suddenly connect with or begin to connect with those people who have come to me over the years and said, you know what, Christmas for you is this wonderful, exciting, beautiful time. But honestly, it's a really heavy time. It's a really hard time for me in my life because I remember the loss of, of a loved one or I remember something that's missing in my life or I remember the pain of the past. 
and why, the, why things are the way they are now, broken the way they are, as a result of all of those things that shouldn't have happened the way they did. And I feel like I can connect to it, and for me, it's because of, it's because of Malawi, that famine that we know is going on, that we've been trying to stop with all of our gifts. It's because of Paris. It's because of Lebanon. It's because of Kenya. It's because of San Bernardino. And it's really brought me down. And I've started to think, as, I, as I've been praying, and we do these Thrive things. A thrive, thrive is beautiful. But it really, I'd, I'd say Thrive, this um, worship experience, don't come if you're not ready to have your heart broken for God. Because it's really a time for you to center in on the needs of other people who are in pain, in need. Bring your own needs as well. But it's a time for us to be outwardly focused in the middle of our week. And I don't know about you, but there's just too much time between Sundays for me. So at least once a month, I love coming together as a community and praying. And uh, as, as joyful as it will be with carols this week, we will still, we will still keep in mind San Bernardino. And we will pray for them. And we will, um, we will become of one heart and one mind together for them. But as I've thought about these things, I, and someone said, you know, this really isn't what Christmas is all about. I thought, actually, this is exactly what Christmas is about. See, if you look at the Christmas story, you don't see a story of a bunch of people all happy before Jesus came into the world. You see a, people, a story of people who were, who were disrespected, who were outside of society, who were who are in pain, who are in exile in different ways in their life. You see a story of struggle and strife. You see a story of darkness before the light comes into the world. And in a way, if we start to struggle with these emotions before Christmas, it's the best place for us to be because it really puts us in a mood where we can center in on Jesus Christ coming into our lives. And it's that hope that we have. We are not a people in despair. We are not a people at a loss of words of joy and good news. We are a people who have that on the very tips of our tongue. Now, I went to one of the most amazing events I've ever been to this last weekend. And do you know what I'm talking about? Right, the concert, the, the choir concert that was here in the sanctuary. But that's not all I was going to talk about. I was also going to talk about the football game last night. And that football game was not going well. And for a lot of it. I mean, in the end, we can say, hey, yeah, we knew what we were doing. But that football game, the San Marino High School football team, if you don't know, they won last night the regional championships and are going on to the state game in Sacramento next week. I just, I think that's the awesomest thing. Spoiler alert, I could have told that story better. So anyway, they were down 21 points in the beginning of the third quarter. Am I right? Some of these people know their facts. Fourth quarter. What did I say? Third. Okay. You, you can yell out if I say incorrect things. You can say that any time during the sermon, by the way. I might be thinking about ice cream. <laughs> so, so they were down 21 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter with the, the star quarterback. We call it what it is, right? And he was injured and he was out. And nowadays when you get a slight injury... Uh, you're out for the game. You don't get put back in. And thank God for that, by the way. Taking care of our players is so important. Um, and thank God for it, because it sure did put us in a place of, uh, are, are we sure this is going to happen? And you could tell in the stands that there was not a lot of hope. 
there was, there was a lot of skepticism and there was a lot of hush and a lot of worry. And, and there was this guy named Bobby Cole who played for the other team. And I like to call him the snowplow because he just kind of would find 10 guys and then just run right through them. And, and I thought, who is this guy? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then if that wasn't bad enough, the other star on our team uh, got injured as well. And so he was sidelined. And then uh, we went to a, a sophomore quarterback that I don't, think, I don't even know if he would have played the game yesterday. And, and then our guy got back in there and they started making passes. And the game got down to one point, 34, 35 to 34. And they decided to go for the extra point and they won it. And things were off the chain. I know I'm not supposed to say that because it's a term from 10 years ago. Come on, I'm not trying to be with it. But they were off the chain. Let me give you a little glimpse of what things were like at the game. Sorry, I just, just a heads up. My apologies. <laughs> I had to share that with you. <laughs> and the face at the end is like, what, Lord? Uh I turned to Richard and I'm like, we're not going to have voices tomorrow. So, so he's, he's lost his voice. I've lost my voice. That would not be as sweet of a moment had we not had the difficult moments ahead of time. If we had been ahead the whole game and we'd had a blowout victory, that would not have been the game that we'd be talking about. But I get chills thinking about how important it is for us to experience and be real about those times when things aren't working. Because you know what? It makes it all that much better when we look into the manger and we discover that the beauty of what we find there. And if I, and if I look at this manger, actually, first I want to go on to the, the scripture. I just, I, I, as you can tell the way I preach, line by line in the scripture. So let's go to the next part. So, so the scripture goes tangentially and it starts talking about John right? Great, thanks. We were just talking about the word, very abstract, all the way to the beginning. Now let's talk about a guy named John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And, and I think that's really important, he was sent. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. Now he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which was coming into the world it's, I didn't put it in there, sorry. But the true light which was coming into the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. Now, what's really important about this as we talk about the creation of the world is that this teaches us that, that God didn't just create the world through the word spoken, but he also created you and me. And he didn't just create us erroneously like, hey, there you go. Just go live your life. He created us with a purpose. John was created before his own birth with a purpose for his life to point towards the light. And to testify to the words of light. And anyone who said, hey, yeah, you're really great. He'd say, no, I'm not great. I'm not great. God is great. God is amazing. I lift up God. Oh, hey, you're doing a really good job. I'm not doing a good job. You have to keep looking at the light. And that's what John did. And that's what we're called to do in our life as well. Now, if we go a little further in the text, we find that it just jumps and it says, but then the word, he was in the world. And it's going back to the word. The word was in the world. And and the world came into being through him. Now you have to think about coming into being. These teenagers, some of them are still coming into being from the football team. You know, they're they're, they're coming into their being. But also having been created, you're coming into your being through God himself, 
yet the world did not know him. And there's this image of us looking in the face of God and not even knowing who God is. This tragic, horrible thing where people are faced with God's face and they can't see him. And now the scripture goes on later to say no one's actually seen God. But what they're saying is that God did not even recognize, that the world did not even recognize their creator when they were faced with him. What a, what a crazy thing. And it says that he came, into his, he came to his own, but his own people did not accept him. And the beauty of that is that Jesus was born into a life of rejection. Okay? And we think of the mangers. We have these mangers on our very clean coffee tables. We have these mangers all over the place. And they're so beautiful. So today, the other day, I'm, I'm pulling the straw apart. And, I'm, I'm, and I smell my hands. And I realize it stinks. It smells like animals, and I, sorry, uh, but it does. And that's when it kind of started to weep inside, and I thought, oh, so that's what Jesus was lying on in the first day of his life? On a bunch of dirty hay? And so his whole life, every single part of his life was rejection by the world? Even before he was born, when his parents wanted to find a place to give birth to their baby, they went to a beautiful little inn that would have been perfect. But no, you know what? Maybe, maybe screams in the night were a little bit too much for their clean, sanitary inn. Maybe all the mess, maybe moving and sharing a bed with someone else rather than having their own bed was a little too much for them and a little outside of their comfort zone. Wow. And yet he came into this rejection and he lived a life of rejection, and his rejection was epitomized on the cross as every single person in his life rejected him. His disciples rejected him. Yes, even his family members rejected him because even they would not show up for his trial and say a good word about him. Nobody did. Read it. Yet we find that he went to this place of rejection because he loved us that much so that we could be, that we could, what? So that we could, we could be accepted? He went to the place of rejection so that we could, we could experience total and true acceptance. Maybe we would never have understood the total acceptance of God if he had not articulated it so violently and tremendously in the world. We would just always be thinking, you know, maybe God loves me a little bit. No, he needed to communicate it in a way that was so obvious that our frail human minds could possibly comprehend how powerful God's love was. And that he said, I love you this much. I will give you everything. There's nothing I won't give for you. That's how much God loved us so that he would receive total rejection so that we could have total acceptance in our life. And so when the scripture goes on to say that in Jesus Christ, we receive grace upon grace. They're saying that we've received exactly what we need in order to be God's powerful children in this world. Notice that he says, you will receive power for all who received him and who believed in his name have received power to become the children of God. Now, I tried to load a video earlier today about this little family. You might have seen it already. You can Google it on your own. There's a family, and they had the kids sitting on the sofa, and they were uh, foster kids, and on Christmas Day, they received the adoption papers. And they handed these adopt... I can't play the video, but I'll tell you. They handed these adoption papers to these kids, and they just wept. They just wept. 
And I thought, I wanted to show that to you because I wanted to communicate to you. We, we somehow don't understand the, the, the amount we need adoption in this life. See, Jesus' witness with God, he brought us into that witness. The word was with God. And suddenly Jesus is bringing us into that unity, that, that beautiful relationship that he has with God. And so when he says that you have the power to become children of God, it means that you're receiving your adoption papers on Christmas Day. Isn't that amazing? And he says that it's not born, you're born not of blood. So he's not talking about your birth. He's talking about a spiritual, deep, powerful, eternal birth. When your body gives away, this birth still lasts. It's not a birth of the blood. It's not a birth of the will of the flesh. So you can start, you can start creating a chart of how you can achieve this birth or the will of man. It's something that we created in our heads and our hearts. No, this is a birth by way of God. And then John finishes this powerful opening to his book. I hope this is going to get you to read it because it's incredible. He goes on, he says, And the word became flesh, and he lived among us. And we have seen his glory. And there's this beautiful double-layered everything he's saying. He's saying the word became flesh. We became children of God, and, and the word became flesh, and he lived among us. And we've seen his glory. The glory is of We've seen it in each other, and we've also seen it through him. Glory is of a father's only son. And in his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. And then it says, you know what? The law came through Moses. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to throw out one little last piece. You hear a lot of people say, I love the morality of Christianity. I love, I love I love the morality of religion. Have you heard that? Or I really do believe that being good to another person is a great idea. You, you interact, and there's nothing wrong with that. That came through Moses. If you want to know where that came from, that is something from God. God did give that to the world. And you can say, great, I agree with you. I love it too. But you see, if you live your life according to that, you are going to be spiraling into darkness. And you are not going to find yourself way, find your way out. You need the light because the light is grace and it's truth. The light is Jesus Christ. The light is the thing that shines into that place where we realize that we can't achieve all that we were designed to achieve. That we can't live out our purposes as much as we were called to live out our purposes. So that's grace on grace. And, and you know what? We realize that we can become a people who are accepting of one another. Not, not a people who are rejecting one another, but a people who, when we encounter one another, we can extend the love of Jesus Christ to one another, even when we encounter each other's brokenness and pain. Because you know what? We have the light. We are not the light, but we have the light. And we have something so beautiful. And we have the opportunity to do what so, many, so few people know we can do. We can take the light and we can share it. And we can share it with other people. And we can take those places of darkness in the world and we can light them up. And when people say, wow, look what you did. We'll say, no, no, I didn't do that. That's something that Jesus Christ did. Let's pray. Lord, let us receive you. Let us not reject you.
Let us not put you off to the mangers of our lives. Let us not have you, have you reside in the stables or in the courts, and let's not judge you, Lord. So many times we do that. Let us not be the people who crucify you. Let us recognize, yes, that's who we were, and that that is who we have been. But Lord, you shine your light into our darkness, and, and your judgment is a, is a judgment of grace. That you wrap your arms around us even when we push you away. And that you are born into our world. Just that little baby. But that's not the end of your story. That you grew up and you fought every fight that needed to be fought. And you were the light and the darkness and you still are. And let us proclaim that this season. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.